Good morning, everyone. Golf WRX and Wisdom in Golf Land. Hello, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Man, do we have an awesome show for you guys today? <laughs> we're um, we just sealed the deal on our 2020 golf season here at the Royal Quebec Golf Club. The last day was on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> we're filming. We're recording this on Monday. <laughs> and it has started to snow. It is snowing out there. It's not going to last, though. I mean, the, the next couple of weeks are still going to be above freezing and sunny, and which is great because we got uh, a few things to do in the backyard to get it ready for winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like there's a few things that we need to do, but it keeps life interesting around here. And yeah. I'm yeah, sure, sure it's the same for all of you in the north of the U.S. and uh, Scotland and yeah. Denver, Colorado. They got Yo. snowed uh, yesterday. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's pretty. I was watching the game uh, with Kansas City, and uh, they got a lot of snow. They, they got a lot of snow, yeah. 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 They had a shovel on the covered. field, yeah. They had the shovel on the field? Yeah, because to show the numbers and the dimensions of the field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little de-snowing. Yeah. So, um, so it brings us to talk about you know, what we do in the off season. And, and, and I tell you, if any of you listeners are thinking, ah, I'm just hanging up my clubs for the season, we'll, we'll dust them off, take the cobwebs off come you know, next spring, you're making a serious mistake. And um, I'm, we'll, we'll have a, a nice explanation as to why. And what's really cool is, you know, our program, you know, I've been doing a winter program now for over 15 years. And this year is the busiest one ever because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, the, you know, most of our, you know, we have a lot of our clients that go down to Florida in the wintertime and they, they winter down there. And, and then, uh, so they play there for six months and then they come back and play up here for six months, but they never really gives them, give themselves a chance to reflect on what's going on and to make improvements through training because there is a time to train. There's a time to perform. And then after the performance is done, you reflect and then you make your plans for the next training session in view of performing better at the next performance, you know, uh, um, window. Mm -hmm. So we have, thank you know, we have two members here of university, you know, Big time athletic a- athletics here, mm-hmm. and Sav, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, you know, let's say it's uh, you know your soccer basically ended. When did the soccer season end? So training camp started beginning of August. Mm-hmm. Um, so our season starts beginning of August and ends first week of November, depending if we made it to nationals or not. Okay, so the season just ended, mm-hmm. and. You made it to nationals, but uh, you lost in the semifinals. Mm. And uh, the coach says, we want to make the finals next year at least, if not win the whole ball of wax. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, you guys received some instructions as to what you need to do to train in the offseason. Yeah, so we get time off, obviously, because you're going 100% for what, August? October, November. So like four yeah. months of like intensive, it's intensive. grueling stuff. Yeah. Um, so we get three weeks off, two to yep. three weeks off where we have nothing, nothing, nothing. Right. And then we go more into focusing on, um, in gym. Yes. Stuff. Not so much on field, 
on field was probably two times a week max. Yeah. Um, with some exhibition games, like exhibition weekends. Okay. Against some other just like local schools. But most of it was in the gym and just, you know, building strength and yes. that kind of thing. So, so, that, so your strength, your mobility, mm-hmm. uh, your injury recoveries, obviously you're licking yeah. your wounds at this point. Yeah, like everyone's broken at that point. <laughs> like literally broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do that kind of thing throughout the winter. And then once the school year is over, yeah. um, we go into our summer training, which yes. like starts to ramp back up a little bit because yeah. we change. We were training outside with our strength and conditioning coach on field, so a lot of turf sessions. Um, and then we have our summer league where we'll play in um, like a local league yep. type thing. Usually in Kingston, all the soccer girls, for the most part, stay for the summer. Yeah, It's like that for most athletes anyways because the summer training is so beneficial, having all of those athletes around. So yeah. morning turf sessions, we would do them with the football team. Right. So it's, it's all the teams combined, um, which is – pretty interesting like you get you get to see all the competitiveness from like different teams and stuff like that um so yeah summer starts to get more intense summer league and then you get into your your season all over again right and then so there's four months there that is for high performance yeah right Mm -hmm. and then and then there's a time to hey take a break regroup fix the body Mm -hmm. and then slowly get back into it yeah what about you, Moo? Um, it was a, pretty much the same thing. Like we would um, go, like we would, uh, our season would be for four months. Yeah. So from from August to uh, November, if you make playoffs, October, if you know if you have a rough season. But then after that, it's almost like eight months of you know uh, starting over again and yeah, re- wrapping things up. So yeah, we get like a month off in January during school time. Right. And then February we, we start up again. We do. Um, gym stuff as well yeah uh three times a week and then two times uh a a field work so we're training like five times a week okay yeah so So there's kind of a ramping up though right yeah it's it's not super intense right out of the gate i mean you got to build it up until the season starts yeah but um for the football i think it was intense all, all year round because you have our coaches had 180 150 guys to manage right so you got rookies coming this, in. Those are massive teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have yeah. So you have rookies coming in. The coaches have to constantly beat the system into their head so they get it because they because <laughs> you know there's so much going on. So you want to keep their focus in that moment. Yeah. And then you know they got school also. So and then like as the years go up, the guys that know the stuff you know figure a way you know to manage their time properly. Uh, but for the most part, of the off season was um, you know like. Well, you would always have a meeting with the coach. It's like, where do you project yourself, you know, in the future? And like, mm-hmm. what, what do you want? Goals. What, yeah, what do you want to benefit from, you know, moving forward? You know, yeah. do, do a psyche eval essentially, yeah, to see where you're at. And then um, he would emphasize to you like where he sees you also in the future with the team and what you have to contribute and all those. Right, yes. right. So, so you, 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 they plants the seed. Obviously, is where where he would like to see you. Yeah, so that your your training is more focused and sharper. Yeah. That way, you're not falling. Like the day the day they told you, you know, we're you know you did okay as a receiver, but we need you to be a D lineman. Yeah, so that that one shook the system a little bit. But then I realized, like, yeah, I could be better there. You know, to, to contribute to the team, and yeah, it, it was um, it was actually a lot easier because uh, the receiving end was just like the system. I wasn't. Uh, grasping it fast enough right and um and then um 
it wasn't really benefiting me because I wasn't really having success in that. Not Gosh. enough success. Yeah, there you go. So on the defensive end, I was actually having more success because that's where I started off, actually. Okay. Uh, so um, it just kind of worked out that way in, in the end. But uh, nonetheless, like the uh, the training in the off season ramps up, like Sav said, in the summer. Yeah. Where you're, you're training six, six times a week, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, like wow. the, the turf sessions were more intense because – that's where you, you're kind of doing the skill stuff, right? Like, that's more to your sport. Right. And the gym is just, I don't know, your usual, like, your, your hypotrophy workout as well as, like... Um, that's it. So so let's say when uh, he says, listen, you're not a receiver anymore. You're a D lineman. Yeah. So now you got to look at the playbooks mm-hmm. in a different way. you got to go to the gym differently. you got to exactly. eat differently. you got to pack on some pounds and pack on some muscle. Yeah. And so it would not have served you had you done that all summer and you come back in the fall and he says, ah, you know what? Mm-hmm. We'll put you back on receiver. I got a couple of injured guys. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and so, and then all of a sudden you're in an important game. And that yeah. it just brings me back to when, when students of mine or when golfers take lessons in the summer yeah, and they're in performance mode already. You know, because when you're playing in the summertime, you say, I got a tea time tomorrow with the boys mm-hmm. and we're playing for some dough. Yeah. And um, I want to perform. Uh, I'm going to go take a lesson. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> not not the most, you know, not the smartest thing to do. Yeah. Uh, especially if, you know, you're going to have some technical stuff being thrown at you. Yeah. Uh, it's when it comes to game time and you've got a lesson the day before and you're thinking about, what are the technical changes you need to make to, you know, to make a better swing? I mean, it's, it's a massive waste of time. Yeah. It's a huge distraction out there. It's huge. Yeah. It is a huge distraction. Yeah. So it, which brings us to, you know, what we do at wisdom in golf at the Royal Quebec golf club. Um, next week we start our winter supervised practice sessions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, where I get to hold the hand of over 80 students every week, and we establish a plan, and every week they come once a week, and if they want to go practice and hit balls at other indoor facilities, I'm fine with that. Yeah. If they want to practice in their own indoor facility, if they want to just swing the club in between, no problem. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't do anything in between, they're still going to improve. So I get them for an hour. You know, I do three students max for the hour because you really need to spend some some quality time with each individual. Yeah. If you're doing if you're if there's six in a group for an hour, that's it's a lot. It's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you know it's like he'll 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 talk to two people and the other four will be toast. Yeah. So three max regular students, right? Mm-hmm. And so we we do uh, one, two, or three students. And then over the course of the winter, uh, what, let's say if we have a, a specific change we want to make, well, the first month they get their head around, well, what's the difference in feel? Mm-hmm. Because they're not playing the next day or the week after or the month after, they can make the change without stress. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they don't need to perform tomorrow, the day after, or the week after. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden it makes it a lot easier for them psychologically yeah. to make that change. Mm-hmm. They understand why they're making the change. And then they start to feel the different feels. Yeah. 
And that's where every week they come back and they go, hey, man, you know, I felt something different here. Am I on track? And that's where I'm there as the bouncing board to say, yep, absolutely. That's exactly what it should feel like. Or, no, I think you're a little off base. Let's see what you're doing. Yeah. And then we keep them on the, the short and narrow, right, the, 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 the right path. And then the month after that, then they start reinforcing the feel. Mm-hmm. And then the month after that, they start building it into their routine. Yeah. And then the month after that, we go to short game. Mm-hmm. And then finally, in the last couple of months, we're just polishing that pearl. And then when they come to springtime, they're hitting the ground running. They're, it's done. It's mm-hmm. like you don't want to see them anymore, right? Like, oh, exactly. Yeah. If, I, if you come back, mm-hmm. it's like we're perfecting a shot. Yeah. Or we're perfecting... You know, uh, uh, you're putting, uh, you're having trouble with your long putts, your short putts. It's either executing, you know, uh, a shot that you're struggling with on the golf course Mm -hmm. or uh, it's a short game. Right. You know, we're we're polishing some short game and getting you to score better. Yeah. Or we're looking at how you're managing your game on the golf course because when it comes to performance, it's time to just, hey, what do you need to do to put the ball in the hole? And uh, if all too often over the course of the summer you, you you get over a shot, like to me, when I hear professionals like Jordan Spieth say, well, I'm, I'm still kind of confused. Um, I don't exactly know fully what's going on. Or I'm really uncomfortable when I'm over my shot. Yeah. If you're not comfortable over your shot, yeah. there's a problem. It's a red flag. It's, yeah. it's a big red flag. And it just means that you don't have an instinct, an instinctual or an instinctive way of delivering to your target. So after a couple of years on D-line for you, yeah. uh, when we put you in a situation well-prepared for the team that you're going to you know, confront, mm-hmm. you typically know the guys that you're going to be up against. That's right. You know what their tactics are going to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's right now, now it's full instincts. Right? Yeah. There is no thinking. Yeah, like all the research the coaches do for you, like it's like they give you um, feedback in the film sessions, and then you 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 just like know exactly what this guy's gonna do. Like, yeah. start look at details, like oh, when he moves his hips, or if he's he's leaning too much to the side, of this place come in. Yeah, because like, so you got the videos yeah, yeah. of all these guys, right? Yeah. That you study. So yeah, that small kind of uh, information becomes much easier. You're, yeah, you're, like you said, your response is much faster. Yeah, and uh, more natural when you when it's, you when it, you get information. And that's like the that. only way that you can slip into the zone. Yeah, it's the only way. It's like uh, I, I remember, you know, I played a lot of baseball yeah. in my youth. I love baseball. I mean, it's just you know, it, it, and because baseball wasn't as organized as I would have liked it to be when from in my youth. Yeah. There were too many slackers on my team and I just couldn't take it anymore. And, it, <laughs> and, be, and when I started playing golf, I'm going, okay, it's all on me. Yeah. I don't have to rely on anybody else on the team and, and, and I can just get to work. And that's right. why I, one of the things that I love about golf, cause it's, Hey man, you put in the time, you reap the benefits. Yeah. Whereas if you're on a, a, a semi organized team, yeah. You put in the time and you'll get your heart broken. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So so basically when um when you've put in that time mm-hmm. and 
you're able to just let it go and become instinctive about it. Yeah. You slip into some really wicked performance zones, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, did I deek that guy? He yeah. never saw that coming. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. you get into this pocket mm-hmm. and it, and it's like it flows and you can't wait for the next play. Yeah. And, and same thing for you, Sav, right? Yeah. It's like I still remember that game where, um, you know, you kept bothering me for an iPod. <laughs> I mean, this was a while back, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and in those days, you know, hey, I I, I was, you know, a, an up and comer as a teacher, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we lived in Toronto, and the budget was tight. And I said, I'll tell you what, you score, you score a hat trick this this uh, this particular game, and I'll get you an iPod. Yeah. And didn't she get to work? Yeah. <laughs> Scored the first goal. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then scored the second goal. Motivated. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then it was like, you slipped into this zone, Sav. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm putting that ball in the net no matter what it takes. Right? Yeah. And then that third goal, you turn around and give me that little, you know, Italian show me the money, me the money move, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was priceless, man. I still remember that game. It was just unbelievable. Yeah. So, I mean, you had slipped into a zone there. You couldn't do anything wrong. It was no. amazing. And, of course, you've had a lot of those performances in your career. Yeah. I haven't had those in golf yet, though. It'll come. I mean, you know, I've had a few of those performances when I played junior golf. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when I played junior golf, I never I never had a lesson yeah. in my whole junior career. Yeah. And, I, and I made it to the top five in, the prov- in, in my province. Mm-hmm. And um, I went through some, some, you know, some games of frustration, of course, because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. But yeah. then you'd slip into a performance and you go... Man, it's like I can't wait to hit this next shot. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but it's working really great. Yeah. And then you wake up and you're like seven under par and you're like, Wow, that was cool. Yeah. Right? And uh in a in a game I remember a couple of matches where I, I was in that zone, but I woke up two holes early. Uh, you know, I'm yeah. going, Hey, this is really good. Yeah. I'm having a great time. Okay, we're waiting on the next tee again. I wonder where I'm standing right now. Oh shit, I'm three under. Mm-hmm. Um, usually this uh, this tournament here is the winners are only about even par. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I just have to par the last couple of holes. I should be good. Yeah. <laughs> double, double. Oh no. <laughs> Miss it by one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, and and I I'm sure all of you listening have have been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. The anticipation was that's it you just you. You, you just don't want to wake up early you just occupy your mind with something else watch the birds you know lie down in the grass smell the grass you know just keep your mind off something yeah, yeah. or on something else and then hey oh is it my turn now okay good and you then you just jump back in and hit the shot yeah. yeah but if you are struggling and you say well i need to take a lesson um it can't be any technical overhauls on your swing yeah because you know seriously you're wasting your time so the way that you want to take lessons is you have a an off-season training program that you set up with your teacher yeah and we do that online we've got you know i've we've got a nice uh a nice 
bunch of off season, you know, training series for, uh, I got students from Australia right now, from the UK, from all over the U S mm-hmm. and Mondays and Fridays is what I, what I do for my online stuff. And then the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday I, I use for, for the local guys and we're, we're booked absolutely solid. And it's a very exciting time for me because this is where the results come. This is where it, this is where it happens. Yeah. And come springtime, I kick them out at the end of April. They go play. And usually around June, because I haven't heard from them in a couple of months, I'm going, how things are going? Because yeah, I have to ask them, of course, because things, when they, things go well, they don't come and see you. Yeah, That's exactly. True. Yeah. You know, they, they, you don't hear from them. Yeah. Yeah. You only hear from them when things are going bad. Yeah. yeah. And they go, oh, man, I'm having so much fun. Like, I'm, you know, the first couple of, you know, weeks I was overshooting all my greens and, you know, my, my scoring wasn't there, but the fun factor was through the roof. Yeah. And, and that's why they keep coming back. That's why I, I you know, right now I've, I've got a waiting list for this winter. Yeah. Because everyone who came last winter are coming back and then they're, they've talked to their friends and yeah. more members and, and the, the words going around, which mm-hmm. is so, you know, that's a winning recipe. And that's why I wanted to share that with everyone this morning. Just so you understand that in every sport, it's the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you can't, you know, if you're, if you're playing as, um, you know, a midfielder, Sav, mm-hmm. you're the playmaker, you set up plays, your mindset is very different than if you were a striker. Oh, 100%. And that's where, you know, coaches have to be very mindful of, hey, you know, like I know I should be I should know the game of soccer and mm-hmm. I should be able to but you're asking me to do that in an important game mm-hmm. yeah. I'm going to make mistakes mm-hmm. and it's it's a it becomes a very high pressure situation when you're when you're put into I wouldn't call it unfamiliar territory yeah but it's call it that but it's semi unfamiliar territory yeah for sure like when I growing up I played striker my whole life yeah and then i get to university and the coach goes "Mm, actually we're gonna put you on defense sorry what (laughs) (laughs) yep Uh, i was on the sidelines doing the same thing sav sorry what and when we came in first year as rookies he straight up said like expect for your positions to change and i was like there's no way he's gonna change mine and then I was playing fullback for the first three years. And looking back on it now, it really annoys me. (laughs) I'm going to be really honest because you take somebody who's been playing striker for what, like 15 years of their lives, Mm. and then you put them on defense in university? Yeah. Like the more I think about it, the more it just makes me mad. Yeah. Because I just, I feel like I never, I was never able to reach my full potential in soccer. Yeah. So that grinds my gears, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah. Well, I can, uh, if you guys saw her face right now, I, you could see there's a, there's a. I just a got re- hot and sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's, that's where, you know, good coaches are very far, few and far between when it comes to, you know, university sports. I had great coaches going up into like from the last five years before yeah. university 
I had the best coaches ever. Yeah, Markham really did uh, a great job for you. Yeah. Uh, prior to that, it was a little different story, but uh, yeah. we were able to salvage your career yeah. in those five years in Markham, and it was yeah. really, really fun to watch you play. Yeah, that was like the best soccer I ever played. Yeah, it's when um, you know we there's there's so much more involved when it comes to um, athletics in university. There's a lot of politics involved that we don't know about behind the lines. That yeah, uh, you know if if you're the daughter of an alumni that's, you know, uh, donates heavily to the university. Mm-hmm. You're going to get some preferential treatment on the on the team, mm-hmm. but nobody talks about that, of course, because that would no. be blasphemy. But you also even don't even realize it. You're just w- trying to work hard and do your yeah. best and exactly. improve and try to get on that starting eleven, and you know. Yep. Well, I mean, uh, you were you were always dressing for every game. Yep. Uh, whether or not you played was a different story, but uh, it was it was heartbreaking for us to watch you get on the field and score a couple of goals in the first half, mm-hmm. and then be taken off the field in the second half. Yeah. Uh, only be only to have a couple of rookies in your place where, you know. They couldn't hold a candle to you, you know, uh, uh, as far as technique and mm-hmm. athleticism and. And you know talent. Yeah. So, um, you know that was. But at least uh, now I have control over. Exactly. That's what that I'm sure that's one thing that you really must enjoy about golf. It's been tricky to figure out, like, how to structure my season, because mm. I found that this year, like, in, for golf here we start pretty much mid-May. Yep. And people try and get to. October 25th, like they want to be out there as long as they can, right? Yep. But when you think about May, June, July, August, September, October. That's it. It's like a it's full six, six months, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you're playing almost every day, it's like you're playing a soccer game every day. Yep. Mentally. Yeah. And, you know, first week of October hit and I, I kind of hit a wall. Yeah. And... I was like, I need a little break. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then members at the club are asking me like, oh, like, where have you been? I haven't seen you around all that much. Da, 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 da. Are you still playing? It's like, uh, I'm allowed to have a little breather, you know? That's it. Because my golf situation is very different from theirs. Like, they're playing yeah. it. Socially. Socially. And yeah. to, like, have a good time. And, yeah. You know? But... For me, it's like I'm really trying to improve. Yes, and I'm still figuring the whole thing out. And so. you need and you needed that break, um, and that's the, that's the reflection time, right? So yeah. after performance, towards the end of that performance season, mm-hmm. you're getting. I mean, you're you really have to work hard to get your system up and running mm-hmm. to for those last couple of games. I mean, you're yeah. putting everything you have. Yeah. And then after that, man, it's time to just pass out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um and then once you've reflected, you know, you've you you're just taking a break. You're not even reflecting. You shouldn't even think about golf. Mm. And then you you start letting it come back in again. You start to miss it again. You say, "Okay." Yeah. Now, thinking about what happened this season, this is these are the aspects of the game that I need to improve for next season. Okay. Now, and I know exactly what I'm going to be working on with you. 
as far yeah. as your shot making ability, the, the kinds of shots that you need mm-hmm. um, in order to keep your technique balanced. Right. So, you know, my, my goal as a teacher is, well, you can't be a one trick pony mm-hmm. because if you're constantly hitting the same shots all the time, at one point you tend to overdo them. Right. And then when you get to a point where you're overdoing them uh, and you're in that performance stage, you're going to have some frustrating times out there. And it's, mm-hmm. that's where you typically will, will start to falter. Yeah. So if you're, if you're able to have a nice portfolio of, of golf shots that mm-hmm. balance the machine as you practice them and as you play them, if you're a complete player, that's why the top players like Tiger and Phil, they're shot makers. Mm-hmm. They, work on their draws and their fades and they're constantly working the ball high, low draw fade. Mm-hmm. And that's how you keep the machine well balanced in, you know, while performing. Right. And so I've seen like in, in your last month, the shots that you were struggling with mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to jump on. And Munashe, same thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that the off season training series that we're starting on our premium channel next week mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, just phenomenal. Yeah. And um, putting a solid balance in there and, and getting your mind, you know, ripe and and used to and familiar with. So every time a ball shows up in front of you, it's it becomes instinctive. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's the flight plan? Because right, I can't approach the ball without the flight plan. Yeah. It's like there's so many things now that it, I just won't even consider mm-hmm. doing. Um. Like I can't, I will never consider approaching a ball without a flight plan. Right. Just like no, that's off. That's off limits until I get what you want to do with this ball. Where are mm-hmm. we sending this thing? Yeah. How high are we going? What's the the intensity? Mm-hmm. And then so once that's taken care of, okay, now you can come on in, mm-hmm. and we're going to set you up to fit that shot, and then we're going to predict based on that shot prediction and then all of a sudden and, and all that stuff is done intuitively mm-hmm. and you feel so good over the ball i mean there's nothing like standing over a shot mm-hmm. and thinking this is gonna be good yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. i feel good mm-hmm. i mean i can't wait to hit the shot mm-hmm. there's nothing like it and that's what i do for my clients that's what i i enjoy doing if you're not comfortable over the ball hey let's we gotta we gotta make and i have all the tools to get you comfortable over that ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's what we do. It's very important. So talk about that, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, to finalize the, the show, um, there's some rumors going around. A little exciting announcement. And, um, we, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put it to bed right now for everyone. Uh, we're, we're going from ping to Callaway. Okay. So to uh, finish off the show, uh, we want to make an announcement. There's been some, uh, some. I'm sure if if you guys see our videos and you visit, you know, vi- you visit our Instagram, you've seen some Callaway product uh, show up a little bit more. And the reason for that is, you know, we're moving from Ping to Callaway, and uh, we are now uh, proud members of Team Callaway. The three of us, which is awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's really neat the way, you know, the story that how that came about. 
and and nothing against Ping whatsoever. We love the company. They're they're part of our top five at the club. And um, this is what's really cool. Um, we are completely agnostic. You know, when somebody comes in for a fitting, they don't they don't want to have the impression that I'm, you know, with a specific company and I'm going to be pushing a specific product. And I made that very clear when I came into the club. And I truly believe that this is how you need to find your equipment. Mm -hmm. And this is why we've had a tremendous success with our fittings. So what we do is, like, we have five top manufacturers here at the club. We got Cobra, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, and Titleist. And a student comes in, and we, we learn about what, what kind of player they are first and foremost, and, and then we, we match them up with the specific clubs from each manufacturer, and we have them try the different products. And then through the GC Quad, we get to see, hey, this product here, you're hitting beautifully. What do you think of the look? What do you think of the feel? What do you think of the sound? And we go through the whole checklist and then we, we get to a product where, hey, this is the model that you hit best. This is the shaft that you're going to need for your club speed, your tempo, your physical strength. This is the grip size and the grip material that's going to work best for your sweaty hands or your dry hands or your size hands and your strength of grip. And we put the package together and 10 days later they got their product. So... Callaway shows up on our doorstep this fall saying, by the way, you guys, you're number one in Canada. Uh-huh. I said, what? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because I just kept my head down throughout the course of the season. I mean, when COVID hit, we started the season a little late. But once the season started and we had, you know, the authorization to open up the club, I mean, things exploded pretty fast. Yeah. yeah. And um, well, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of clubs throughout North America and throughout the world are experiencing the same thing. There was a big, big shot in the arm for golf this year because it's such a naturally social distancing, you know, activity. Yeah, a lot of new golfers came through. A lot of new golfers. So uh, because my reputation was already there, and all of a sudden we have people from all over the province coming to see us at the Royal Quebec Golf Club for fittings. Um, you know, and I noticed that a lot more, you know, a lot of Callaway product was going out the door. I didn't know exactly how much, but when they showed up with our with that trophy, mm-hmm. it raised a lot of eyebrows and it started a few conversations and one thing led to another. And the, the decision was made and uh, we're now with Callaway. And uh, it doesn't mean we're going to be making less of an effort with Ping because that's not what we do. We give every manufacturer a a full chance Mm -hmm. at that customer. And that's what the customer appreciates the most. They they know they're not going to, they're going to not going to have a product shoved down their throat and uh, a sales tactic uh, to make sure that uh, they walk out with that specific product. And because we don't stock anything, Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, this is what you want to buy. And uh, sometimes, let's say it, it happened with several manufacturers this year because they ran out of product. Yeah, I imagine. Say, you know, we can get you this product right now, mm-hmm. but this is the product that you hit best. Yeah, It's only going to be here in mid-September. And to me, it's worth the wait. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Yeah. Wait for it because you're going to have that product in your hands for the next five to ten years, mm-hmm. and you're going to really enjoy it. And that's what you're going to, you know, that's your best chance at scoring and enjoyment and everything else. Yeah. And um, that I'm telling you, our our rate of success and satisfaction is through the roof. And that's not going to change. Obviously, Callaway knows that. They're not pressuring me to, they just want us to represent the product. Mm -hmm. So instead of paying on our caps, we're going to have Callaway on our caps. And, you know, obviously it's something that we tried first as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you look at my my last Instagram post with the Callaway Epic Forged, and I'm hitting it left-handed and right-handed, and I'm carrying the seven iron two o two left handed, and uh, so between two hundred and two ten carry <laughs> with the seven iron, yeah. yeah, and I'm nutting it in the center of the club face. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way I would have agreed to go to another company if I wasn't hitting the product beautifully. Yeah. So and and so whatever we preach, we practice ourselves. Well, exactly. You can't like we believe in all the products that we promote. That's it. I mean, you got to perform, girl. Mm-hmm. You know, so the product mm-hmm. we put in your hands has got to perform. Mm-hmm. And um, and same thing for Moo. I mean, geez, <laughs> Moo. When we give him a fitting, he those you, the Maverick Seven Iron. Yeah, the AI that they use to develop yeah. that thing is insane. Like and I was, I was scary to, to think that there's an iron that can do that. I, it was like a cannon going off. Yeah, <laughs> it just explodes off the face. Two twenty carry average. You were carrying with the with the Maverick Seven Iron. Yeah, that, that was that was kind of felt, felt weird. And my jaw was on the ground. Yeah. You know, I was watching you hitting those shots, and you were so consistent with the product. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm going, okay, that's enough. We got to order. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. bite yeah. the bullet. Like yeah. we're ordering the whole ball of wax. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I can't wait for you to get it. I mean, and the product is low right now, but it's worth waiting for. That's true. Yeah. I, imagine, I, say, I see the reason why they're probably sold out or, you know, backordered because the demand exactly. is going up, right? And and that's what, you know, we're, we're waiting for the new Apex Pros, Sav and I, mm-hmm. and um, the AI technology. And, and what's really cool about that is, you know, they have every club in the bag, every iron. It's not like... I mean, in our day, it was like you had a blade, yeah, and the center of gravity was at the same place, mm-hmm. and it was just the lofts that changed, mm-hmm. and just a little bit of the weighting that changed because of the length of the club, yeah, and uh, you had to adjust your technique for the, the club? for the shortcomings of of the uh, course, the or? design of the club. Oh, okay. Whereas now with AI, mm-hmm. they're able to run. And Callaway is the only manufacturer that does this. I mean, yeah. they spent over $26 million on that computer. Mm-hmm. And now I know why. So the three iron is designed differently than the four iron, which is designed differently than the five iron. Yeah. All the way through the set. Yeah. And then, you know, up to the uh, the, the, the gap wedge. Yeah. And, and then after that, you've got your, you know, your jaws. Uh, wedges from, you know, designed by Roger Cleveland, which are beautiful designs. And um, and so, like, I'm really excited to see how performing every club's going to be on that golf course. Yeah. And right now, I'm, you know, I just went out and played nine holes with the set of Epic Forged, and they were so easy to hit. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. 
you get the the skeptics out there who are saying, well, you know, your seven is actually a five iron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said, okay, I get that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the seven iron is the same loft as a five, like 27 degrees. Mm-hmm. But why am I hitting the seven iron like 205 carry yeah. with three out of 10 for effort? Exactly. And 140 feet in the air mm-hmm. with a descending angle of 51 degrees mm-hmm. that lands like a butterfly with sore feet. It's much better performing than my five iron. Yeah, it's working mm-hmm. smart, not hard for sure. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's what I keep telling my students. I said, you know, three out of 10 for effort mm-hmm. and to get seven out of 10 in velocity, you really don't want to work hard. All you want to do is put a good swing on it. And yeah. the cl- and now the club's doing it for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's where, okay, I'm going, okay, let go of tradition, Sean. <laughs> Open your mind. And that just opened my mind right there. Yeah. yeah. So I want to thank Callaway for that. I mean, they really opened my eyes to <laughs> what's possible out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to go. I mean, I've got the bug to play again. I know, and winter's here. <laughs> and and it's snowing outside. <laughs> and yeah. we can't travel. <laughs> but I'll tr- I'll be training right next to you guys because yeah. when spring hits, I will hit the ground running with you guys too. Yeah. Oh. So um, really exciting. It's going to be a fun season. Yeah. Yeah. So um, hope you guys enjoyed that show as much as we did. And we're looking forward to talking to you again next week where we're going to tell you all about the grip in detail. That's going to be the first session of our, on, you know, our off-season training series. Yeah, Be there or be square, everybody. <laughs>